The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. And welcome to the latest episode of Wrestling With Jonas, episode 330. Uh, but more importantly, it's the 1st of November, and November marks five years of Wrestling With Jonas. So throughout the whole of the month of November, I've got some awesome guests, and I'll uh, kind of bring up some graphics very soon, just to let you know who will be coming out, uh, coming on the calendar of Wrestling With Jonas over the next month or so. And uh, starting with my guest on the right-hand side of my screen there, renowned referee, Dare I say, one of the very best referees in the UK, Tom Scarborough. Thank you so much for coming onto the show. How you doing, my friend? Hey, Jonas. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm uh, I'm honoured to be your first guest on your your anniversary month. Congratulations on five years. Five um, years. I know. We've been, we've been trying to make this happen for a minute, and so I'm so glad we finally did. <laughs> Oh, I'm so chuffed to get this done, absolutely. And uh, yeah, five years, it's gone in a blink of an eye, uh, but I feel like I'm just getting started with this thing. But uh, great to have you on the show, Tom. And we're going to spend uh, the next hour, hour and 15, however long we go, talking about recent events, talking about uh, OTT, Impact, um, NXT UK, Progress, Riot Cabaret, Hustle, and all that good stuff. But uh, as we alluded to just a moment ago, just a quick reminder, um, I had three, I was a busy boy last week, busy, busy boy, three live interviews last week, uh, starting with this man here. Scott Garland came back onto the Wrestling with Jonas podcast. I uh, wanted to come back on to talk about his up-and-coming UK and European tour. I think he's already over in Malta, starts his tour in a couple of days' time. Um, but uh, Scott Garland was a wonderful guest. And uh, check that one out if you haven't done so already. And the first interview I did with Scott Garland was released about a year ago. Chuck, go and check that one out. If you want a full deep dive, full retrospective of Scotty Too Hotty and Scott Garland's career, um, just a day later, I spoke to Ivy, one of the very best performers on the UK scene. And uh, on Friday, we had uh, the all-star Ruby Manitoba come onto the show, uh, telling us about her three months that she spent with Dr. Tom Pritchard over in Tennessee for JPWA. What a life-changing experience that was um, and uh, what the future holds for Ruby Manitoba. Uh, but as we alluded to, November is five years of wrestling with Jonas. You can see at the bottom there some of the guests that will be coming on to the show very, very soon. Um, of course, Kira uh, Chimera, Tom Scarborough over on the far right, Dirty Dango, Nico Angelo, Leon Cage, uh, a very young, promising, up-and-coming uh, teenager on the South Wales scene. And at the very top there, uh, the legends Johnny Saint will be coming on to the show and uh, there that, he is. That, that would be awesome that one. Oh, I can't wait well in fact uh, I recorded with Johnny live in person and uh, the two parts will be coming out in due course uh, I just got to get around to editing them if I uh, can be honest but uh, next Thursday will be my next live interview with Session Moth Martina one of the very oh, no. one of the very best performers <laughs> in the UK and then towards the end of the month I've got uh, the queen of mean superstar, Lana Rostin. And uh, now let's be honest, uh, Session Moth and Lana, they don't do many podcasts, but they're coming on to the Wrestling with Jonas podcast no. in the month of November. But uh, it's going to be a lot of fun interviews. It really is. It really is. But uh, get up too much over the weekend, buddy. Uh, 
It was just another weekend, Jonas. Just another just weekend. Another weekend. <laughs> just another I, a little bird tells me that um, that uh, you 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 was kind of in uh, Wolverhampton on uh, Friday night for some reason, something to do with OTT. Um, let me just bring up a graphic here, and it was their ninth <laughs> anniversary show. There you are. Uh, with all of the hosts, all the commentators, um, and there's Tom Scarborough coming down uh, for match number one. But that was a pretty epic night uh, for yourself, for OTT, for the talent and for the fans in attendance. Uh, give us a, a quick overview of your experience yeah. last, last Friday. Oh, man, just incredible. Um, I've been lucky enough to be working with OTT for a year now. I debuted at their eight-year anniversary uh, in Dublin at the National Stadium, and it's just such a joy whether I'm working for them over here in Wolverhampton or I get to go over to Ireland, to Dublin, to, to Belfast, wherever. They're just such a great crew, run so professionally, amazing catering, uh, a really, really just great group of guys. And they just, for, for my money, I think they put on some of the best shows, not only in Europe, but in the whole world. Um, the, the talent that they have over in Ireland that they're bringing through and they bring over some of the best in the UK. They are bringing in some of the best in the world, you know, as you, as you see on the card on Friday, we had John Moxley, we had Kenta, um, you know, in there with some of the best in the UK with Luke Jacobs, Trent Seven, Lycos Jim, Sunshine Machine. Um, and then of course, you know, the, the, the Irish lot as well. Um, yeah. Damo, uh, uh, Sammy D, um, uh, Martina, of course, you know, um, and I, you know, I, I love working for OTT every single time. Um, I say it's it's just such a pleasure and such a treat for me to do. Absolutely. And like I say, it was their ninth anniversary show uh, in Wolverhampton on Friday. Uh, one of the matches I want to talk about, which I believe you reffed, uh, was this one here, Kenta versus Luke Jacobs. Um, and uh, well, I, I believe that was for the Defy World Championship. But uh, um, that was a banger and a hard-hitting encounter. I know Luke Jacobs, to be honest with you, is fast becoming uh, not just one of the best performers on the UK, but one of the best performers anywhere. And I think he's still only about 23, 24, many, many years ahead of him. But he hits hard. He liked a hard-hitting match. Going up against Kenta, um, like I say, he definitely got a hard-hitter. Tell us about that one, because you was in the ring with those two, and uh, they uh, really slapped the crap out of one another, didn't they? You've summed it up with there perfectly. That Those two boys beat the shit out of each other. Good Lord. Yeah. Um, Luke has been a phenomenal performer for a very, very long time now. But I just feel like this last year or two, he's just taken it to a complete another level. Um, I feel like over the summer, he, he his, his looks incredible right now. He's, he's cut a little bit of weight. He's, he's got a little bit bigger, and he looks absolutely fantastic. And he took Kenza to the limit. He really took Kenda to the limit, who's, you know, one of the greatest of all time. Um, and to be in there with those two, yeah, absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the reaction when when he when Kenta finally hit that GTS, the place exploded and it was it was brilliant. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I know that incredible. Luke looked a bit rocked afterwards, but I know that if he had a chance at a rematch, he'll grab that at both hands and he'll, he'll kind of come in fighting, swinging harder uh, next time. But uh, uh, and, and how about this one here, buddy? Uh, the main <laughs> events, Trent Seven versus John Moxley. Now, I think that this was John Moxley's first match back after suffering that concussion uh, September the 20th. So maybe more than a month uh, before this match, good five weeks or more uh, against Trent Seven. And this was, uh, I think, a, a no DQ match or some kind of wild stipulation match. Um, firstly, um, I, I bet the crowd reaction when Moxie stepped through the curtains with his entourage. Uh, what, what was what was the noise like when you were stood in the ring watching him come towards the ring? 
Well, so hey, here's the thing, Jonathan. So take it back a little bit. Trent made his entrance and being in Wolverhampton and being a Wolverhampton boy, he is. The yeah. place already exploded. So already there's goosebumps. There's, oh my God, this is just going to be massive and it's going to be incredible. Then when Wild Thing hit, oh my goodness, the place <laughs> erupted. And of course, he didn't come through the curtain. He, he came through the crowd. Good it point. wasn't until I realized that there was a, a light on a camera following him. I realized, oh, there he is over there. He came all the way through the hangar in Wolverhampton, which is an impeccable venue, by the way. Absolutely brilliant venue. The fact that OTT have snapped that place up as their home in England is uh, just perfect. Um, and yeah, that place was absolutely rocking. I think we had nearly a thousand people in there on Friday night. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, like you say, it was it first match back in nearly a month or just over a month. Yeah. Um, and you wouldn't know it. The guy hasn't missed a step. It, it was just everything you'd expected. There was blood, yeah. there was weapons, there was wrestling, there was brawling. Um, you know, the crowd were on fire the entire time. It was it was really, really special, really special to be part of. Um, and I just want to thank Foxy as well. For, Niall Fox, who's the OTT senior official, he kindly um, assigned me that match for, for the evening, which I'm really, really grateful for. And I love working with Foxy. So, yeah, yeah. I appreciate him for that as well. 26 minutes of insanity between those two, Trent Seven and John Moxley. And uh, I know you've you've uh, been in there, you've refereed uh, some of the biggest names on the independent scene. Uh, Moxley has got to be up there. That experience has got to be up there for you. 100%, yeah. I mean, um, John right now is probably one of the best in the world, right? Yeah. Um, but for me, what was really special was was getting to share that moment with Trent. It was such a big moment with Trent. And, and obviously me and Trent have kind of been on this parallel together the, the last year where we were both at NXT UK and then we both got let go at the same time and, you know, kind of on that same path together for now. And to be able to share that with him and share that moment with one of the best in the world was so special. It really, really was. Yeah. And, and like I say, it was, it was a long match, 26 minutes of insanity, as I described it, um, and uh, this brawl all over the hangar. Um, I know the adrenaline in you must have been pumping hard, um, for sure. Um, but uh, it, it, was it the adrenaline that was kind of keeping you alert during that match? Absolutely. You know, when 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 the guys go out and brawl as they do, and especially in a place like a hangar where the beers are flowing and there's a lot of people you've got to be on, you just got to be watching for everything. You know what I mean? You've got to make sure the fans are safe. You've got to make sure the wrestlers are safe, you know, make sure they're only fighting each other. You've got to make sure that the camera crew can get what shots they want to get. You've got to make sure that, you know, the space is clear for wherever we're heading next or, you know, you never know what's going to happen in a match like that. You know what I mean? Um, the fact that there was weapons everywhere as well. You've got to make sure that those are, are kept in, you know, away from the fans and, you know, not going to get in the way of, of the wrestlers unless they want to use them, of course, which they're allowed to. Um, I, do you know what? I've never been in a match. I've, I've refed a lot of uh, kind of no DQ matches and I've never been in one where there has been that many thumbtacks. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Oh, my goodness. You know, usually when, when, when I referee a match with weapons, when there's a pinfall to count, normally you can clear a little bit of space, right? So your hand comes down on a nice clean mat. There was, Jonas, there was so many in that ring. There was so many. There was no chance I could clear anything. So it was just a case of, right, here we go. Let's just hope for the best when we're doing Man. these pinfalls. So. Yeah, but uh, it was phenomenal. And like you, like you, you've hit the nail on the head. Yeah, the adrenaline was pumping through the entire uh, evening. I guess, yeah, like yeah. you know, not only even even without that match, what a special you know time for OTT to reach their nine year anniversary. So you know, it was just it all came together at once. And I know OTT had struggled with getting Moxley in at, at some times. I think this yeah. was. I hope. I think this is the second attempt. It might be the third attempt, just because of you know politics and whatever. Um, so to finally get that match signed to finally get mox in the country to finally you know have him there at otc was so special for so many reasons 
Absolutely, absolutely. Now we are live for those watching us at home uh, on Facebook Live, on Twitch, and YouTube. So welcome and uh, thank you for joining us. Of course, this is the first interview of our uh, five-year anniversary month. Uh, interviews going throughout the whole of the month. I think I've got uh, eight guests joining me throughout the course of November. But if you want to get in touch with the show, you can do. Just uh, send your questions, send your comments through to us using whatever chosen device you have in your hand right now, and we will answer every single one during the course of this interview. And we've had a few pop through already uh first of all uh well i'll bring this one up uh, from friend of the show richie uh, happy anniversary jonas thank you very much richie lovely. and we've had a few also uh relating to uh progress and to nxt uk which we'll bring up at the progress and nxt uk stages of the show <laughs> uh we got it there's an order to this there is an order to this and of course you know we alluded to a, a busy weekend and uh you you rightly corrected me and told me off air that uh, thursday saturday and sunday uh you were performing working for impact wrestling that were over here on their latest uk tour the first uk tour that impact have done in uh, eight years i believe over eight years um, that sounds so, about right yeah yeah some tremendous crowds uh i know they they uh, run two shows in coventry saturday sunday but uh, you were there for thursday saturday and sunday tell us a little bit about um your you know the venues the places that you worked out for impact uh, a huge opportunity and like i say a bit of a milestone for you yeah super cool so john is it kind of turned into a pretty wild week because obviously last week we had the progress on sunday there was riot yeah. cab on the tuesday and then on that tuesday afternoon i had uh, a message from impact saying hey we need you to come up to glasgow we'd like you to be involved with the tv i'm like wow that's that's really special of course yeah i would be honored to be involved with that um and so just because it was so last minute the only travel I could get was up to Durham. So we had a uh, ride cab on the Tuesday. Then on the Wednesday night, I got the train up to Durham where I uh, stayed with my dear friend, Rick Swift, who uh, was on the tour with me. Incredible to be able to share that uh, opportunity with him. Um, we traveled up to Glasgow on the fr Thursday morning. Yeah, went up to Durham on the Wednesday night. We drove up to Glasgow on the Thursday, did the show in Glasgow on Thursday night, um, which was phenomenal. Uh, I feel like the Scottish wrestling crowds are always just so so cool to perform in front of they're always loud they're always passionate uh, and the venue's gorgeous as well it was the uh the o2 academy in glasgow really really cool venue was it there it is yeah. there we go. that's the one um and i can't say enough good things about the people backstage at impact you know sometimes sometimes you get a, a locker room which is a little bit funky maybe but but th this touring crowd with impact were just awesome um i can't say enough good things um about that crew we had we had on the show um and it was special as well because because it wasn't only the impact guys it was also hey there's grado yeah of course grado is back um ah oh, the pop grado got whenever he came out whether it was glasgow <laughs> or Coventry, and i'm sure the same in newcastle as well was just oh, phenomenal um yeah like i said can't say enough good things about scott demore the impact crew um the impact wrestlers um and it was special as well because when there was a uk contingent whether that be for the gut check or for performing on the show you know congratulations leon slater and harley hudson um you know two two of the best british wrestlers who who are now you know have, have impact deals um yeah. yeah again super super cool absolutely any other 
standout highlights for you from those three dates we, with Impact? And I'm sure if they would come back next year, 2024, as TNT again, uh, they'll probably invite you back. But uh, um, were you a TNT fan? And, and kind of was it uh, uh, a kind of a bit of a buzz to be working for them over them three dates? What, what were some of your highlights? You know, John, as I've always appreciated TNT from afar up in Liverpool, but in terms of TNA, uh, oh, I... my apologies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, shout out to Jay. <laughs> it's funny, actually. I So we, I feel like this is the story in most wrestling podcast interviews. We didn't have Sky in our household. So WWE was never kind of the thing, you know, I watch regularly. Whereas TNA was on, it was like Bravo or Spike, one of these freeview channels, right? And then yeah. I remember watching it religiously. Guys like, I don't know, Angle, Styles, the Machine Guns, who I got to work with over the weekend, which was really, really special um the main event mafia um you know all these guys i feel like impact was was super super cool and, and a big part of my you know developing my wrestling fandom um so to, you know to get to to work with them and and to have a really positive experience was super super special yeah yeah absolutely and uh definitely tna not tnt <laughs> i love tnt by the way uh, i love what you guys do uh in liverpool shout out to jay and uh, lee and all the guys up there um but we, we spoke a little bit about uh off air when, when you kind of started uh, your career as a referee um and i think it reaches 12 years 12 years next year so 11 or 12 years pretty much there or thereabouts 2012 is when you started um and uh, your journey runs kind of in parallel with progress wrestling which is one of the places i kind of uh have seen you the most and spoken to you the most uh quite often when i'm behind the merch stand um and uh, you're, you're you're kind of having a look at the latest designs of course but uh, tell us a little bit about your, your journey with progress and uh, how it started because that would have been very early into their run and very early into your refereeing career yeah of course i feel like people don't realize how kind of far back i go with progress i feel like i've always i've only been regularly on um say chapter shows in the boring weather since maybe like the last two years or so right um but i think i started working with progress maybe this is when they started doing potential shows you remember so back in the day you used to have your, your main chapter shows you used to have just below that was um uh was it endeavor and then just below endeavor was potential so freedom like road or something or freedom's um... road is kind of what it all kind of developed okay, into. okay. Yeah, yeah yeah so um well so yeah so potential was this used to be on a on a like a tuesday or thursday night before tuesday and thursday night wrestling in london was cool yeah. we used to do potential at the bedford in ballon uh and because it was a midweek london show the referees that they were using regularly on the chapter shows you know couldn't get down from work or for whatever reason and so they started using me on those um very grateful to john briley glenn joseph jim smallman for that uh, and that was at the bedford in ballon uh, in south london and all those yeah. early potential shows, I want to say maybe like 2014, 2015. Wow, well, you yeah, look at that stick, yeah. Um, I think, I feel like I rest Spike Treve's first ever match, maybe TK Cooper's first ever match in the UK. Wow. Um, you know, I, I would have to go back and have a proper look, but there was yeah. a bunch of people who, who I definitely, you know, would have worked with for the very first time there. Um, and so then from there, it kind of developed into, um, it would be like a potential on a Tuesday and then Endeavour on a Wednesday or and potential on Wednesday and Endeavour on a Thursday. Uh, and then eventually that became live at the Dome, which is where the Dome at Tofnell Park, which is a venue used, you know, so commonly now. But this was this is way back when it was when it was uh, super early used on uh, great matches there that stand out. I think I think uh, Michael Oku's first ever match was there at, at the Dome. 
um, back when he was the OGMO, tagging with Big T Justice. Yeah. Um, I, I, what stands out is a is a is a banger of a main event between between Connor Mills and Maverick Miehu back in the day. Um, and then Live at the Dome kind of became Freedom's Road, and Freedom's Road was this. Just I don't know if it's still on Progress on Demand. Actually, it was just this wacky six-part series that blended kind of like wrestling with um, comedy and like a soap opera. Uh, and that was written and filmed by the wonderful Al Ronald, who is uh, the, one of the funniest people I know and is, is still involved with progress today. Absolutely. Well, I brought up an early picture of uh, you back in your early years and uh, a more recent is. photo uh, from <laughs> uh, from Super Strong Style, the referee team there, including the wonderful Nigel McGuinness, who I got the opportunity to interview after day three of uh, Strong Style, a really, really wonderful team. Um, but uh, now, do my research, and of course, I've, I've seen uh, pretty much all of the chapter shows at the ballroom since they came back at the beginning of 2022 chapter 127 and uh, correct me if i'm wrong but i think you reft most if not all of the matches between spike trevay and cara noir in their epic epic feud um that they have through 2022 and 2023 would i be about right in saying that yeah i i don't know if if, if all of them but certainly the majority of them it, it might be all of them but certainly the majority yeah yeah, and one of the matches that stands out in particular, and I definitely saw you when I watched it back, um, was uh, their uh, I Quit, Loser Must Leave Progress match on day two of Super Strong Style 2022, so last year, and there was tables, there was chairs, there was thumbtacks. And you spoke about thumbtacks early, but it was thumbtacks. And of course, you know, Tom, uh, Cara uh, doesn't or didn't wrestle in boots uh, during that match. And when I had him on the show, he mentioned how just as he was about to do the trampoline spot, he stood right on a, on a thumbtack. But uh, what no, I didn't know that. Oh, my God. Yeah. So just as he uh, launched himself off the trampoline, he stood on a thumbtack uh, and he said that was the worst pain he'd ever experienced. Uh, but what were you, you, I believe you officiated in that match. What are your recollections? Because that was wild, wasn't it? That match yeah. between Spike and Cara at Super Strong Style last year. That's it. Strong Style Weekend is always is always fantastic. It's just three days of some of the best wrestling in Europe. And it is uh, both emotionally wonderful and emotionally draining. And, you know, that main event on the second day, Last year, right? Yeah. Oh my goodness, time goes too quick. Um, I can't believe we've only got two months left of 2023. Um, that that I remember that main event just being completely emotional charged, emotionally charged. You know, from the two performers to the you know even there was tension in the backstage. The 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 crowd were hot. They were emotional. Um, yeah, I just remember it. You know, everything was on a fine line. It was such a match of you know, kind of fine moments where it could have swung one way or the other. Um, and that's just two phenomenal performers just doing their thing. Um, and again, it's, it's just a treat for me to have the best seat in the house for matches like that. Absolutely. And uh, more recently, um, cast your mind back to uh, Heavy Metal, which I think took place in April, uh, where they had the very first steel cage match in progress wrestling history. I'm just going to bring up some steels here, some wonderful photography. Um, and uh, there's Car in the ring there and uh, a bit of a bird's eye view. And of course, uh, the ballroom absolutely packed out. It was probably the busiest I've seen the ballroom in a long, long time for that show. Everybody came to the electric ballroom for that one. Um, and, and a crazy, crazy match. Uh, I think it lasted 30 plus minutes inside that steel cage. We all know that 
Nakara uh, got pretty banged up and uh, I think he injured his, his foot or one of his feet uh, at the end of that match. But uh, from what I understand, they didn't they didn't miss a beat. They didn't miss a spot. The match went as planned. Um, but probably one of my favourite matches of this year, thinking about it, you were in there. Um, how was that to experience? Yeah, like you say, that was the busiest I've seen the ballroom in a very long time. Sure. People were excited to see this match. People were excited to see the cage. And when you step in there, John, as I tell you, it, it is intimidating. It's a very, very intimidating space to be in. Um, and you feel like there's almost this, I don't know, I find it hard to describe. There's almost this separation between, you know, yourself and the two performers in the ring and, and the crowd on the outside. And I can't, I don't know, I can't really put that into words. You know, it, it just felt different and intimidating and like we were almost closed off to everything else that was happening around us. Obviously, we could hear the crowd and the crowd were hot. And the crowd were, you know, really up for the match. But yeah, it, it just felt, yeah, intimidating. Um, it felt um, it felt dangerous and it was dangerous. Um, you know, as, as, as we say, Cara, unfortunately, you know, did get hurt in that match. Um, and just the resiliency and the professionalism that you know that, that he showed to to get through that match and to continue performing to the best of his ability right up until the end. Um, you know, obviously we we had to get the doctor in right at the end, and and yeah. the fans had to leave on on kind of a sour note. But you know, it, it just shows how important that match meant to everyone and how um, you know how how you know how dangerous it really was. Will, will the Noir and Spike Trevay feud, the year-long feud, year-plus-long feud, will that go down as one of your <clears throat> fondest feuds uh, to have officiated? I think so. I think so. I think, it, yeah, it's definitely two, like I said, two incredible performers performing to the best of their ability. Um, you know, phenomenal matches, phenomenal, um, you know, videotapes. Um, Storytelling was just amazing. Uh, yeah. Fantastic, fantastic. Put you on the rise. Right, and 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 they have such such great chemistry. Um, you know, by the end of the day, Spike's Spike's still the man. Spike's still on top. Um, and you know, we, we talk about you know feuds. I don't know if you know recency bias helps this a little bit, but I feel like the the current you know top of the progress card between Spike and Kid Lycos is just it's just phenomenal to be a part of. You know, it's 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 just brilliant. There's there's so many different factors. You know, Dominatus, the Lycos gem, um, everything that's going on there. You you never know what's going to happen next. Absolutely. <clears throat> now, I've seen a lot of progress shows over the last couple of years in the ballroom, in particular. Um, I've also seen you take a couple of spills and a couple of ref bumps as well, Tom. Uh, more recently, you you mentioned it a couple of Sundays ago. We was in the ballroom, um, and uh, you was officiating the main event, which was that uh, kind of. Falls count anywhere that wild uh, anything goes uh, tag match between uh, Dominatus Rainium, the Smoking Aces, of course, and Lycos Jim. Um, I think you took a ref bump in that match, didn't you, Tom? Uh, did I? I, I maybe. I feel like I've been knocked over so many times by the people involved in those matches that, you know, <laughs> it all kind of flows into one. Absolutely. <laughs> and another one that comes to mind was uh, Strong Style Weekend. You officiated uh, Nathan Cruz and Will Ospreay. And I'm yeah. pretty sure, I mean, there was a lot of shenanigans in that match. Let's be honest. Uh, Nathan Cruz was uh, up to his dirty tricks, of course. Um, but uh, I think you definitely took a, a ref bump in that one. But uh, I mean, ref bumps, uh, I, was, I had Scott Bell. 
uh, on the show um, a few months ago. And he is the king of ref bumps, let's be honest. And he was telling us all about his uh, <laughs> extraordinary spills that he's taken um, and, and spears from Rhino and this, that and the other. Uh, but uh, tell us about some of the ref bumps you've taken. And, and is it something you, you enjoy taking? Is, it, is there an art to it? Tell us, give us your perspective. Hey, Jonas, if I'm if I'm in the right place at the right time, great. If I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time, then, then who knows what happens, you know? Um, no, you know, if, if it's if it's uh, if if you feel it's gonna it's gonna add to the match, then sure, let's let's do something. There's gotta be a reason for for a ref bump, right? You don't wanna do it for the sake of oh yeah, look at I'm gonna take this this sick move, that's gonna be awesome. There's gotta be a reason, there's gotta be a rhyme and a reason. Like like in everything in wrestling, there's gotta be like it's wrestling, of course, but there's gotta be a certain sense of logic. To, yeah. to, to what you're doing in there you know um yeah. in terms of ref bumps that stand out oh man uh who knows uh i'll put you right on the spot here i do yeah, apologize no, I just, I just, yeah, <laughs> nothing nothing really comes to mind um i'll always i'll always try and do something that that, that uh, leaves me safe in the in the best possible way if i'm honest <laughs> Brilliant. And, and speaking of ref bumps and actually taking it to the next level, because uh, you was uh, officiating and uh, present during uh, Gene Money's Daft Lad Emporium, of course, um, earlier <laughs> on this year. I think it was about March time. Um, and uh, speaking of ref bumps, you, you actually, I think you got, did you get shot? You got killed during that show? There was some sort of uh, shenanigans. Uh, not only did uh, Callum Newman get killed at the top of the top of the show, I think you did as well. Uh, yeah, that was a bit was, show, wasn't it? <laughs> there were several several deaths on the on a, on a Tuesday night in, yeah. in Tottenham Park. Um, I think yeah, I was shot by LJ Cleary. Uh, congratulations, LJ. He's, he's he's signed with with Pro Wrestling now, and now he's doing wonderful things. Um, but yeah, on, on that non-canon show, I think I was shot. Oscar Harding was shot. I think Chris Hatch was was almost shot, but then. He had to leave early, so run back through the curtains. There he is. You are. Martina, of course, was a referee, uh, and that's 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 uh, yeah. Look at look at that team. Absolutely <laughs> fantastic, but a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And uh, uh, I've yeah, heard there might there, there might be a, a sequel in the, in the pipeline, but who knows? Hey, we'll, we'll see. We've got to keep hashtagging and tweeting and, and hoping. I mean, Absolutely. Gene says he's Gene says he's he's got it ready to go. So you know, we'll see. There you go. Progress, if you're listening, or any other group out there, get it done, get it done. And another group that I want to talk about that I believe is very close to your heart and, and still uh, relatively new um, in how long they've been around, but uh, Riot Cabaret. And um, I know it's a, it's a company that's become very, very close to your heart. Um, they've had about five or six shows now, Tom, uh, but uh, there you are. <laughs> I don't know if you're doing a bit of Lana Oki there or a bit of uh, Tom Oki. But uh, Scarborough, okay. But um, right, Cabaret is very unique, isn't it? Uh, from the Absolutely. venue, the uh, Clapham Grands, to the to the fans and the atmosphere that they bring to the the matches, the storyline, and the action and the talent that's involved. Um, give, give us a bit of insight into your your kind of journey, your experience with Riot Cabaret, because uh, I know we had Nina Samuels on the show, uh, episode 300, so going back a few months now, and uh, we spoke very, very fondly about uh, Riot Cabaret and what a great promotion they are and what they've done for her. Uh, what's your kind of insight and experience with Riot Cabaret so far, then, Tom? Yeah, so I think Riot Cab reached out originally um, for their first ever show, and at the time I was I was signed to WWE, so we weren't we weren't allowed to do certain indies at the time. Uh, so I had to, you know, respectfully apologise and just say no. Um, but you know, I'd love to, you know, keep in touch and whatever. So then I think eventually I got brought in. It was either the second or the third show, um, and I haven't got rid of me since. Um, it is an incredible venue. The Clapham Ground is is one of the most beautiful venues in the 
in you know not even just in british wrestling just just yeah. in venues in, in general um we actually ran shows there probably like seven eight years ago with with various different promotions um you know i, I think i've reffed a tommy dreamer match in that place a long 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 time ago right. um but now to have to have a resident company there running on a you know tuesday night i think AEW weekend was the friday night but you know midweek wrestling in london is so bloody hot right now and you know right cab is at the forefront of that they are using the best british talent they are using the best irish talent they are giving opportunities to people all over the country guys like um joe blazer has come in on our most recent show um there's uh uh matt the opera guy who's fantastic um guys like sky O'Shaw have been had opportunities there um and you know next month we've got we've got mr blobby wrestling there in the tag team match um yeah. against Martina. an extraordinary and, talent on uh, here uh yeah, well, all, who, yeah. The, the blobby destroyer <laughs> we'll see but yeah but that 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 clap and grand um crowd as well so special it's it's people that aren't necessarily wrestling fans it's people that are working in london looking for a good night out they've heard it word of mouth oh this is a fun thing to do this is a fun thing to go and see um and it is just so much fun to be part of so much fun um you know we, the crowd of the team we're all just really trying hard to support each other um we have shah samuels coming in and agenting our matches and giving us time cues which is just so valuable for any promotion to have um and yeah the next the next show there i think is on the 19th of december um so it's it's like it's the perfect christmas work night out if, if you're working in london you know pop south of the river come come and see mr blobby in a tag team match like say uh whether you're a wrestling fan or not um a great midweek uh kind of show to uh, entertain you and i think speaking to nina she she said that there's a, a lot of casual uh fans non-wrestling fans that go to them uh, sort of events and then end up becoming wrestling fans thanks to riot cabaret so it's one of them promotions that's really hitting on all bases um another promotion uh in your neck of the woods that i want to talk about is uh, is hustle and hustle wrestling and a promotion that's uh, become once again very close to your heart there's a beautiful championship and more recently tom you've been uh, embroiled in a, a little <laughs> bit of shenanigans uh with a certain tate mayfair there he is pushing his weight around pushing you around um and then you're not taking any share from uh, from tate this is greatness there for sure um g- give us a little bit of uh insight in, into what's going on there then because uh tate's arguably one of the very best uh, performers, one of the very best talents on the UK scene, doing wonderful things all over the country. I've worked with him uh, a lot in various promotions. Um, but uh, that those stills there did actually lead to you making your wrestling debut, didn't it, Tom? That's it. I've, I've, actually, uh, I've actually retired, defeated. Um, I'm, I'm Owen <laughs> one. I'm Owen one in the ring, and I'm, I'm, happily, uh, I'm a happily retired man. Uh, yeah, I'll just talk about Hustle. Um, you know, Hustle... Is run by you know one of my closest friends in the world to Scala, yeah. and he's been running that school for you know I couldn't even put a date on it. Probably close to maybe like nine years now, maybe maybe eight nine years. Uh, and we used to run these you know very family friendly shows in the training school. Um, guys like uh, Johnny Kidd were on the show. Shah Samuels was on the show. Gabe Kidd was on a show, um, and they were you know they were really good, like really good shows. Um, and then after the pandemic we kind of changed our um you know how we wanted to do business and we started running in the color factory in hackney wick and it's it you know it's just so completely unique like i like right i said with right cab the, the the midweek wrestling in london is is just on another level right now um 
Sid is just one of the best minds in the business. The way that he is invested in his trainees and he just develops these characters is just unlike anyone else I've seen be able to do it. You know, just some of the characters we get at Hustle now that have just, you know, both organically and with Sid's help have just become these incredible performers. You know, guys like uh, Rain Leverkusen, uh, people like GN1, um, Amara Jade, um, you know, Tate to an extent, um, you know, all, all these people have, have come through the Hustle team. And, you know, again, the Colour Factory is probably 30% wrestling fans. The rest are people that have heard it word of mouth and it gets louder and louder and louder and louder every single time. And these people that weren't wrestling fans at the start, they understand the characters now. They know the characters. They're coming back because they want to see what happens next. And every show is different. And every show, um, you know, you never know what's going to happen. So, yeah, uh, you know, Tate obviously had had an issue um, and he resorted to physical violence for that. And, you know, maybe I lost my head a little bit and, you know, bit back and and, and we ended up, you know, wrestling and having a match. Um, you know, I, I unfortunately didn't win, but I, I think, you know, hopefully we're going to take a little bit to think about. Absolutely. What, what what sort of preparation went into uh, you know b- before that match? Have you received any wrestling training over the years? I, I should imagine that you've done a, a fair bit of rolling around the ring and then taking a few bumps before. But <laughs> so what sort what sort of prep? But uh, besides the ref bumps, of course. But what sort of prep went into uh, uh, before your match with Tate? You know, John is very very minimal. Um, you know, I did bits and pieces with with Sid, but you know, really, it wasn't ever going to be a wrestling match. You know, Tate is a professional wrestler. I'm a professional wrestling referee. You know, it was it was going to be a fight. It was going to be a scrap. It was going to be a brawl. So I don't think there was any you know amount of wrist locks that could that could have helped me in that match. You know, I had to you know use my use my initiative and and you know capitalize whatever way I could. I wasn't going to be able to out wrestle that boy. And so yeah, I nearly outfought him. Yeah, this is from this is from the this is from the great and powerful Ollie Sandler, who's you know been one of my best friends for a long time. So. To have him there taking photos for that match is, is was again just it made it completely completely special. But you're looking good, my friend, and the crowd. Oh, thank you so behind. much. I mean, look at that there. Um, yeah. A five star frog <laughs> splash from Tom Scarborough, um, and the match did get yeah. uh, did get pretty wild. Um, and even a, a German suplex there, my friend, taken to Suplex City. Uh, but the match got pretty wild on the outside. Um, yeah. and, uh, and it was like it was so cool as well to cool. just to be surrounded by you know some of my closest friends doing that you know Ollie was taking photos Oscar Harding was refereeing Chris Hatch who was one of my earliest referee mentors was also refereeing on the show um, obviously Sid was involved with the match um, you know had a bunch of friends family there from all you know from all walks of life um, so yeah it was it was really special never again never again well, one, I was going to ask <laughs> did it give you the bug um I'm guessing not but uh who uh, knows I, I, I right think, circumstances I think the right circumstances maybe but I think <laughs> the stripes are my calling Jonas so we'll, we'll see we'll see you'd never say never in wrestling you know we're going to ask you about your wrestling fandom in a moment, but we did have a couple of questions that came through. Let's have a quick look from uh, Richie again, friend of the show. Uh, John, is, oh, John, a question for hey, me. What, what's my favourite match of yours um, in a progress ring? Uh, I've got to say the steel cage match, heavy metal, Karen Noir versus Spike Trevay, or, or, or maybe even that uh, I Quit Loser Leaves match that we spoke about earlier from a Strong Soul last year. Um, there, there's so many, or probably um, one match I do want to mention is how about uh, Nick Wayne versus Callum Newman from earlier on this year? Um, you, I think you officiated that one. That, that one 
I think I've probably never heard the ballroom get as loud as it did during some of their exchanges in that match. Now, once again, we talk about favourite matches of the year. That's definitely on my list. Absolutely. I don't understand where we keep getting these aliens from. These All these young lads who Crazy, keep coming through. And it just doesn't, it just seems to be a conveyor belt not stopping, you know? Um, yeah, you said, you said you've not heard the, the ballroom kind of, you know, loud like that. I remember saying to Callum in the middle of that match, you know, I was making sure he was all right. And I said, dude, listen to this freaking crowd. This is amazing. Um, and it really was. Yeah. You know, the problem is that some, some of these matches, they just all start blurring into one until I watch them back or whatever, you know, this because there's so much to think about and so much going on during the match. You come to the back and I'm like, well, I, I presume that was good kind of sometimes. But, you know, I'm going to have to watch it back before I kind of remember it because it's just there's so much adrenaline pumping and things to think about and, you know, worrying about the boys and the cameras and everything else that's going on that you just I kind of zone into the match rather than thinking about the match. If that makes sense. I don't know if yeah. that, that makes sense. Yeah. But uh, yeah, a phenomenal match. The crowd reaction was, uh, wow, that's got to be the loudest I've heard this year alone. Those two absolutely delivered. Some of the moves that I saw uh, those two perform were just uh, out of this world for sure. Uh, but, but let's take it all the way back then, Tom. Tell us a little bit about your wrestling fandom and when wrestling kind of first came into your consciousness, what sort of impact it had on your life, I'm guessing, as a youngster? Yeah, so, I mean, so like I said, so we didn't, we didn't have Sky um in our house so it never really um i never really like was anti-wrestling but i just wasn't i wasn't something i kind of picked up you know i I was big football guy still am a big football guy big sports guy um and so wrestling was never kind of something i not that i didn't care for but just something i never considered really um and then as i kind of got to the later later years of primary school i remember you know the playground talk would be like oh my god did you see what happened on Smackdown last night did you see that you know Mark Henry ripped a ripped a you know a lock off the steel cage oh did you see Kurt Angle who's a raw wrestler turned up on Smackdown I was like what is this you know well this sounds super interesting but again you know it wasn't something I kind of chased up um I also remember some of my colleagues some of my colleagues some of my classmates in year six having an argument with our year six teacher because she had tickets to go to the live event in London the WWE live event in London whenever it was and she said that she was going to be one of the people that were booing John Cena. And obviously, as 10, 11 year olds, we were up in arms at this. We were like, what? You can't, you can't boo him. He's the greatest of all time. Yada, 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 yada. Um, and then I think the earliest memory I have of actually watching wrestling is that my, my brother and, and some of his mates were around and they were watching uh, some wrestling on the computer. And they went off to do whatever. And I came to the computer and I, you know, moved the mouse and, and up on the screen came a vignette for uh, Randy Orton and Undertaker for Vengeance to, no, Armageddon 2000 and something. It was the hell in a cell. I remember the poster. It, I can visualize and, the poster. And, yeah. yeah. And it was the vignette for this where Orton like basically murdered the Undertaker and like drove, drove Eddie's car into Taker and then Taker came back to life and came out of the coffin. And I was like, what the hell is this? What is going on? This is wild um again i still wouldn't even say that i was hooked then but i you know i knew that it was something i really enjoyed um another really early memory of picking up wrestling is watching paul london and brian kendrick run to the ring as a tag team and then do their backflip off of the top ropes into their handshake as their entrance that was uh again my mind was blown and you think you're like i was my mind was blown by two guys doing a backflip into the handshake imagine what the kids like growing up interesting see now you know stuff like yeah. what Callum Newman's doing what Osprey's doing yeah. uh, Nick Wayne Darby Allen bloody 
um, you know, Leon Slater, all these guys doing this crazy, crazy stuff. Um, you know, they, they, they must just have their minds blown right now. Did you get a chance to go to see much live wrestling, whether it be WWE or your local independent? You know what? So I, again, I didn't even know that the Indies were a thing really growing up. Um, I went and saw, I think, Smackdown tapings at the O2 and probably Wembley Arena as well. Um, you know, as a, as a, as a, as a Watford boy, those are the two kind of closest, closest venues to me that they were run. Um, and it wasn't until really I, I started referee training that I kind of, I knew there was an indie scene, but it wasn't until I started my referee training that I kind of, you know, grasped the indie scene and understood the indie scene and was like, well, there's a whole like local world going on around me that I had no idea about. Yeah. Yeah. And tell us about that then, because at what age and how did you actually go about starting your refereeing training um I'm, I'm guessing it's through a wrestling school or how did you actually begin that process because quite often and i've spoken to referees before um they kind of just learned on the spot or they just you know was thrown in at the deep end unexpectedly and then they became a ref for the rest of their career how did that sure. kind of pan out in your case yeah it, do you know what honestly it was something i kind of just stumbled stumbled onto i remember it was it was it would have been a summer and it would have been um maybe like i would have like finished gcses or something so it would have been like you know a lot you know uh, um summer holidays right really uh, and i just remember sitting googling um you know wrestling near me or something no i couldn't tell you why i couldn't tell you what but the first result one of the first results that came up was oh in kent this weekend this would have been like a wednesday or thursday in kent on saturday there's a referee training seminar and i went hey that's something different that's something interesting I'm, i want to go down and and uh and check that out so sure enough i went went down to kent on the saturday uh went to the seminar and um i, I think i was i was just hooked from there really i was just hooked um i didn't have the bug to wrestle i kind of you know was was doing exams at school and wasn't really sure what i wanted to do in terms of you know going to uni or whatever um and so i kind of understood the amount of commitment it would take to wrestle and to train and you know to get to get down to Kent every weekend or you know two three times a week and so I was like for now I really you know I really want to be involved and I'm, I'm really happy to 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 do refereeing um and from there it just kind of snowballed on us it just yeah suddenly 12 years later here we are I've, I've been you know so blessed and lucky to do so many cool things um yeah you know both you know both at home uh, and 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 around the world yeah i've been very 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 lucky absolutely i've, I've got some pictures to bring up here and uh, <laughs> that's go. another ollie sandler one. Oh my goodness. beautiful young chap there, there and uh it was like the ipw uk championship IPW UK. Yeah, yeah there we yeah. go and uh a very or a younger is that, was, that, was, Jr., yeah, of that was my second ever match like no versus, versus lord jonathan windsor yeah at the uh infamous swanley dome uh, crazy and uh, there you are with uh we'll talk yeah. about goats rain mysterio <laughs> that um, was incredible yeah tell us a bit about that special. what show was that so that was uh that was in qatar um i've been very blessed to have done three tours of qatar uh the first one was in 2015 i want to say um and i had a message from the wonderful steve linsky who i think you've had on your podcast yeah before. love steve uh the infamous <laughs> steve linsky um who basically just gave me a call and said look this spot's come up for um a tour in qatar um i was going to offer it to another referee but his his passport had expired or something or he couldn't get a passport in time or something like that 
um, would you be interested? I said, well, yeah, absolutely. When is it? He said, oh, we're going next week. And, oh my goodness. At the time I was working in a, in a school um, and, you know, incredibly it fell, fell perfectly in the middle of the Easter holidays. Uh, and so that first tour in Qatar in 2015, I got to go out uh, to the Middle East for a week. We had five shows uh, in the middle of, of, of uh, Souk Waqif, which is, which is the market in, in the middle of Doha. Uh, and it was just, uh, I, you know, I just, I don't have words, you know, there was, there was all these superstars on the show, uh, Mysterio, Del Rio, Booker T, um, you know, all, all, uh, John Morrison, uh, Alofa, like all, all these guys. And, you know, a little bit of imposter syndrome, like what the, what the hell am I doing here? You know, I've been refereeing now for what, two and a half, three years there. What am I doing here? There was a very specific moment I remember where it was one of the last nights in the tour and I'm just in the dressing room, checking in with the family at home. And I look up and it's just me and Booker T in this, in this locker room. I'm like, this is just, this is wild. And, you know, he was so gracious and so cool. Um, so yeah, so that was the first one. And then, and then we did, we've done two more tours in, in Qatar. So that, that picture with Ray was on the second tour, which was in 2017, uh, where we moved from the market to um, in, an arena, essentially. Um, so that was that was really cool to be part of. I think there was a four way. It was Mysterio. It was Carlito. Uh, it was PJ Black, formerly known as Justin Gabriel, and yeah. um, Mil Muertes from Lucha Underground. So you know, a bit of a random four way, but it's super cool to to uh, to you know to officiate Ray Mysterio. Are you kidding me? That's that's amazing. And 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 Ray was awesome. You know, he he would come and eat with us. He you know no ego at all. Come and eat with us, hang out. You know, we we talked FIFA. We talked football. It was it was brilliant. Um, then the third tour of Qatar was was uh, February 2020, just just moments before everything descended into chaos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you got a chance to go to uh, Dubai with Progress, didn't you, last December? So uh, um, a, a similar experience, and it must have brought back some memories of of that part of the world. I'm guessing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, obviously, it's it's a part of the world that that's that's got its issues, um, but it's also a part of the world that is that is really trying to. Um, make a difference and, and and try to you know you know to to kind of you know be 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 a, a global um, be a global hub really you know sure. um, you know we were very lucky that that progress have have a relationship with DXB out there uh, and so to to get to to you know to go and work with our progress team out there was 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 super special and you know to be able to be the one that's that's there looking after the guys in the ring you know rather than bringing in a you know a trainee from Dubai whatever it was was uh was super cool yeah yeah absolutely tell us and, and, about... and also wild to get wild get home you know I don't know if everyone heard but we got we got stuck in Amsterdam because of the snowstorms um in uh in Gatwick we were, we were eight minutes from landing at Gatwick when the pilot comes on and says uh you know there's snowstorms we can't land right now no. uh, we, we haven't got enough fuel to stay in the air so we are going to so we're going to Brussels like, oh my god so we're going back across the channel to brussels and then we take a sharp left and he goes pilot comes and goes oh there's there's no room to land at brussels uh we're going to amsterdam we're like oh my god so we haven't got enough fuel to stay in the air above gatwick so we're going all the way to brussels and then diverting all the way to amsterdam so, could you know, worse places. Little... could be worse places to be honest right yeah but you know <laughs> it, just before just before christmas as well it's bloody freezing yeah um you know but you know the, the progress guys looked after us and we and we got back to to gatwick safely and had a really lovely day in amsterdam 
Absolutely. Tell us a bit, and we're probably skipping ahead a little bit here, about uh, WOS, World of Sport, and their reboot uh, that they brought back for, for 10 weeks in 2018. And then they went on mm. a, a very uh, well-received UK tour early 2019. And you were there as one of the uh, officials. Um, but uh, obviously, we spoke a little bit about your, your journey up to that point and your kind of development um, as a referee on the UK scene. How did you get onto WOS's radar and, and kind of what, what steps did you take to kind of get noticed by them when they were planning this uh, reboot of WOS? Sure. Well, again, I, I got to thank the infamous Steve Linsky for that, um, you know, because of because of us, uh, because of me, you know, falling onto that Qatar tour with him. We, we became pretty close um, and and he, he invited me on to, to WOS. Which was super cool. So it was me and him. It was my first experience of TV, and um, absolutely bloody terrifying, so scary. Um, but you know, from that, I got TV experience, which is which is what led to, to WWE. Do you know? So there it is, Crater and, and a very young Gabriel kid. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so you know, to be to be up there in Norwich for the week was, was super cool. And um, like I said, terrifying. But to kind of be doing it alongside, you know, the, the British talent as well. You know, we it was a, it was a, it was a real kind of you know strong unit we had and. and you know, we really wanted to make something special, and and we did. I remember on the on the last day after the last tapings, they showed us the trailer, and there was tears in so many people's eyes just because it, it it was just so special. Um, it obviously didn't kind of work out how we all hoped it would. Um, yeah. You know, that's that's wrestling. Sometimes there's risks. I think the problem with WOS is that it was it was television people having the last say on making wrestling, rather than wrestling people having the last say on making wrestling. That's it. They were trying to make it too for a, too much for a family audience, and uh, which is know. understandable. You know, yeah. ITV's a ITV's a massive you know corporation. You know, billions of people watch it every year, and so they got to do what they got to do to break it themselves. Yeah. I always thought if if they kept the original cut for five o'clock and then did an uncut version at say ten o'clock, I think that would have been perfect. For that would have been brilliant. Yeah, that yeah. would have been fantastic. And I love that it kind of it, we started out week one was kind of prime time. It was I think it would have been like a seven o'clock maybe. And then eventually it kind of kept going back further and further and further until it was like 3 p.m. on a Saturday when everyone's watching football and everything. So, yeah. You know. Well, what sort of doors did that open? I mean, you mentioned that it gave you TV experience. You mentioned that it kind of did eventually kind of uh, give you a foot in the door with WWE. But uh, what other kind of experience did it give you? What other uh, doors did it open for you, Tom? You know, I was very lucky that I was kind of already working for a lot of the promotions, uh, especially in London, you know, I was, I was doing those midweek progress shows. I was yeah. doing um, Pro Wrestling Eve at the time, which was at the Resgal, which is just, I'm so sad that the venue's not there anymore. Um, did you ever get down to the Resgal? No, I didn't, unfortunately. Uh, that's something else that's, that's uh, I will say is infamous as well as the Resgal, just a very, very unique venue, very special venue for British wrestling. Um, at the time, I was I was very lucky that I was working for RevPro as well, doing, doing their shows at your call. Um, in terms of like opening stuff up, I think I think I would say that the main one was WWE, yeah. Um, because because suddenly, hey, here's here's this kid who's who's you know got a little bit of TV experience now is is showing that he can hang a little bit. Um, and so yeah, that's 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 kind of how how it came about, I suppose. Well, well, tell us about that then, because that's that's next on my list of questions. Is is WWE in NXT UK? And <laughs> um, I mean, obviously they had the original. Uh, NXT UK Championship Tournament in early 2017. Then they had the show in Royal Albert Hall, I think the summer of 2018. And then they they started tape the, the TV tapings after that. 
and the TV show launched coincidentally coincided uh, episode one of that coincided with episode one of Wrestling with Jonas in November 2018. No it really go. did that. The, this show started as a review show for NXT UK. I needed something to uh, <laughs> to, to talk about for sure. Um, but to, when did you kind of first come on to I use this phrase again first come onto their radar when did they get in touch how did you form that relationship with WWE and when yeah so look so when the brand started they they had the guys that they wanted to use um and a lot of a lot kind of you know a lot about refereeing is, is being kind of lucky being in the right place at the right time you know what right. I mean and once you have your referee team filled there's no need to look for others and so you know at the time I was I was with WOS I was um you know we had we had contracts there uh and then eventually a spot did come up and <laughs> i was at university at the time this would have been uh february 2019 january february 20 early 2019 and uh we'd been on a big uni night out the night before and i actually woke up on my my friend's dorm room's floor this is this is so not glamorous and uh i, I checked my phone and i had an email from wwe and i was like oh my god what like what and it was from uh, the wonderful Kristen Altman, who's who's still with the company now, is working uh, as talent relations for the main roster. She's she's a fantastic, fantastic woman. And she said, "Hey, um, basically the email said, hey, we we we'd like to you know work with you. Can can you give me a call ASAP?" So I'm now scrambling around, a little bit hungover, trying to find whatever to put on and you know get outside, get down to the met line, down to the train station, and I'm on the met line heading home, and I'm I'm just shaking. I'm like, oh my god, like and you know, like hello, like you know what's going on, blah blah blah. And uh, she's like, yeah, um, you know, we'd we'd love to work with you. Um, can I call you a little bit later, and we'll, and we'll hash out some details? And I said, yes, absolutely, no worries. So then the rest of the day, I'm just I'm sat there, I'm at work, and I'm just kind of rocking back and forth, waiting for that waiting for that phone to light up, and it doesn't light up, and it doesn't light up, and I get home, um, and I think I was eating. And then suddenly phone phone lights up and it's, you know, the the, the number says, you know, Stanford, Connecticut. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, this is, you know, this isn't a real, this is this is real. And so we talk and and uh Kristen said, Hey, so you know, basically uh, a referee spot's come up and we'd like to invite you to um, you know, come come and try out the PC. And that was February 2019. And uh it was just, yeah, incredible just incredible the, the 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 kind of learning trees i got to sit under there that the colleagues i made the friends i made um yeah just it, life life changing absolutely life changing Jonas. absolutely absolutely did, did you officiate at any of the uh nxt uk takeovers because i was fortunate enough to go to nxt uk takeover cardiff um and i think that was uh August 2019 and then Blackpool 2 and it's UK takeover Blackpool 2 in January 2020 so before the world kind of shut down and two tremendous yeah. shows wasn't able to go to the first one in Blackpool but uh, did you officiate at either of those two or any of I, the any of the three yeah, that happened I officiated at both those two those are the two takeovers I did and, it, and it's funny you should bring that up because a lot of the time when people say oh what's what's your favorite match you've ref what's your favorite match you've ref like I said earlier because I'm kind of so zoned in on, on what's going on in front of me I kind of almost forget about like the matches going on so for me yeah. it's it's more about moments and probably one of my if not my favorite moment is uh i refereed the opening contest on takeover cardiff and i was in the ring with andy shepherd when the lights came up and we went live on the wwe network and i yeah i've got goosebumps now thinking about it it was just such a cool cool moment to be there in the ring for and the, the noise the lights the sounds 
Uh, and then Noah and Dar made his entrance for the opening contest. And I just remember yeah. thinking, well, fuck, here we go. Here we yeah. go. This is it now. Yeah. Um, Such an extraordinary show, especially with it being in Cardiff. And like I say, uh, Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan winning the tag titles. Uh, oh, that that, that yeah, main yeah. event as well, Walter and Tyler Bates, just that match will live with me forever. Just feel so fortunate to have been there, to have watched it. And like I say, you were there in amongst the boys when that was going yeah. down. Absolutely. And I'm, I've got a very special poster on my wall, actually, uh, made by Suplex, Suplex's own Joe Allen. He made like 10 of these posters, like old school. I'll send you a photo after this, but it's like old school wrestling poster design of the NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff show. Uh, and yeah, just super special. It's, it's one of my pride and joys. Really, really Absolutely. Cool. Um, and, and, then, uh, and then... Go on. Uh, I was just going to say, then Blackpool 2, I, I got to referee the women's title match, which was uh, Kaylee Ray at the time. Um, Piper Niven at the time and Tony Storm Tony and Storm. you know those three the three of them have gone on to Great do match. amazing things you know we, you know all three separately have just gone on to to, to do wonderful things you know Timeless um, Piper's currently the one half of the women's tag team champions in WWE and then uh, obviously Kaylee Ray who's the champion at the time is is uh, is you know now up on on Smackdown as well Absolutely. And uh, just going to bring up some more questions that came through now. Let's just see. Uh, Ashley Clements, a uh, big time wrestling fan, fan of yours, friend of the show. Uh, hi, Tom. Uh, we just recently had the third anniversary of Walter versus Ilya Dragunov in NXT UK in the empty arena shows. Uh, what was it like to officiate that? <laughs> Um, honestly, I think of, of all of the shows, of all of the matches from the no fan shows, whether it be Rev Pro, Progress, or um, WWE NXT UK, that's a match that we spoke about Walter and Tyler Bay, a match that will live with you forever. Walter versus Ilya Dragunov, the, the ferocity, the intensity, the brutality of that match. Um, and uh, if, if Ashley is correct, you officiated that one. Uh, yeah, so, so Ashley, uh, first of all, thank you so much for your posting your wonderful wrestling stories after every single show. It's so nice to be able to watch stuff back. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't the one that refereed that match. That was uh, Mechanicsville, Virginia's own Chip Danning, uh, Chris Sharp, who, who was in the middle for that one. Um, but, but watching that one in Gorilla and listening to that in Gorilla, oh my goodness, you could just hear wow. the noise of everything, the breathing, the slaps, the, you know, the punches, the moves, the bumps, everything. Um, I think the week before I refereed, um, it was it was Walter and uh, Alexander Wolf at the time uh, taking on Ilya Dragunov and Pete Dunne, and, and that's yeah, and that's, that's where the gifts that's that's the gift that's come up recently of of Walter chopping um, Ilya. That's that is from that tag team match that it's that it's come up, um, and you know that was that was just as special for me. The the whole um, kind of BT Sport no fans era was such a kind of unique and special time. You know, it was of course it was difficult, but we all we're in it together and we all just wanted it to make it the best we could be. We were the only wrestling show probably almost in the world that had, that had no fans by the, by the end of the, uh, by the end of the pandemic and, yeah. and, and beyond the pandemic as well, you know, BT sport still, you know, hadn't, hadn't let fans in for a while. And so, you know, the, the, the main roster had fans back NXT US had fans back. Um, even indie shows in the UK had fans back, you know, we were, we were, you know, we were really struggling, but you know, it's such a special and unique time. And I think, in years to come, those matches, um, you know, all of NXT UK, but especially those those empty arena matches will really, you know, stand the test of time and, and live up to, to the hype. Let's bring up some more pictures to, to uh, relive some of the memories. Uh, yeah, you the, are. the cruiserweight belt. Like, that's that's awesome. Yeah, of course. You know, a big fan of Ray. 
So yeah. getting to ref the, the cruiserweight belt was, was awesome. Heritage Cup, you know, again, Heritage Cup, what a brilliantly, um, you know, unique concept. You know, getting to do kind of British round style matches in 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 the WWE. And, you know, it, it just shows how how well over it got because, you know, the cup is still uh, active in, in the States today. No, and Dar's doing some some great stuff over on uh, the black and gold brand. Mako Satamora and the uh, I think that was probably when she maybe she defended her championship there, but I think he was yeah, uh, that, looks, that looks like Stevie Turner there on the floor who's it who's is doing indeed as well. But yeah, that that's when she won the belt. Um, you know, and, and getting to be in there with her and Kaylee was super special. I actually refed those two uh a match in for Eve's first ever Wrestle Queendom at your course. So to be able to do that again in the WWE, the three of us was was super super cool absolutely fantastic uh, a few more yeah, pictures again, what, a sh what a shame that these were all in front of uh all no in front fans of Marvel, you know exactly pretty, pretty deadly what, you know, and what, what they're what doing do at the moment boys. what do i say about that i've got their uh their unique one of one oh. sweater on right now um, <laughs> hopefully hopefully they'll they, maybe they'll pull their finger out and get selling but yeah those those two are guys that i've known for a very long time they're you know two of my one of my favorite acts in wwe right now even when I, uh yeah that they was you know uh, just doing the skits when they weren't performing it was just golden golden television they just they just they just they just blag their way into gold it's it's uh it's so frustrating but i'm just i'm so proud of them and everything they've done oh my goodness i just yeah I can't uh, say enough good things about those two. There we go. Obviously, yeah, Mountain. Trent and Tyler. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's been cool to, to kind of work times. with Trent for a bit. Uh, yeah. Of course, the chain match. Yeah, I forgot about that one. That was that was super cool as well. Obviously, you know, a lot of history between Eddie and and, uh, and Wild, Wild Boar, Boar. So Absolutely. Again, the tag match again. Um, the family with, with Rohan Raja and Metahan. Um, and then obviously Ollie Carter and uh, yeah, look yeah. at that. That's what a team right there. The boys. That was <laughs> that was super special. And you know, Chris Chris Sharp there, uh, Chip Danning just on just on Hunter's left, is uh, again a man that kind of blags his way into anything. And so you know, he he was like, guys, it'll be cool. We'll uh, we'll, we'll 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 hang out with him and, and we'll take a we'll take a vote and you know and to to shake the guy's hand because he's a busy man, right? And to to shake his hand, and he just thanked us all for his work that night. That was at Cardiff, I think. Um, maybe it was Blackpool. I think it was Cardiff um yeah what an honor and there it is there's there's the team you know just just you know we we really were a family we really were all of us from from the wrestlers to the refs to the production crew to the producers uh and even the bt sport crew you know we we got to know them really well because obviously we were there every six or so weeks um and we just all wanted to to, to really be the best it could be and i feel like we all had a little bit of a chip on our shoulders because we felt like sometimes we were the forgotten brand quote unquote you know what i mean um, yeah but like I said, I think NXT UK will, will stand the test of time because there's, there's just some phenomenal, phenomenal matches in there. Well, I'm sure you'll agree with me and anybody that was a fan of NXT UK like I was will, will kind of uh, agree that it, it was the best hour of wrestling television um, anywhere, regardless of brand, WWE, AEW, when they eventually came along. It was the best hour of wrestling um, and storylines, but the, the talent, the roster that NXT UK had, uh, you know, from 2017, 2018 through to 2020 was phenomenal and beyond even the BT Sports Studios era. Um, and it, it, like I say, if, if it wasn't for the pandemic, we can't change history. But if it, if it wasn't for the pandemic, I think NXT UK would have gone from strength to strength. I think they were building to um, NXT UK TakeOver Dublin, weren't they? That was going to be their next. Yeah, that was announced. Tickets were on sale, you know. Yeah. Just, the pandemic just changed everything. Absolutely everything. It really um, did. You know. 
what, 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 what was your kind of biggest takeaway from working with the WWE and being part of that NXT UK family, as you described it? Um, what was possibly the biggest learning aspect from working under the machine, under that umbrella with all them you know, amazing minds of the business? I feel like it was, you know, those, those three and a half years I spent there were really a way that I kind of learned what my role is as a referee beyond beyond being in the ring you know we 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 you know we did so much we we build the rings we maintain the rings at the pc we would we would run errands if if you know there was there was this one time where uh i think um i think it was i think it was um i think it was sam grabwell uh, and kenny as well i think they i think they were using they needed to use some maggots for for a pretext and so me and Chris Sharp were, were sent off one afternoon. He said, "Hey boys, can you go and find some maggots in in uh, Enfield Town Centre, please?" We're like, "Yes, sir. No stress." So we spent an afternoon running around trying to find some maggots, which we eventually found uh, at a fishing shop, at a, at a tackle shop. Um, you know, making sure everyone was on time for their COVID test, making sure everyone was on time to the buses, giving the producers a hand if they needed anything, giving the wrestlers a hand wherever they needed it. You know, it was really um, the referee role. You know, became so much more than. Than, than what than, you know than what you see in the stripes in in the middle of the ring yeah yeah absolutely and, and some of my final questions be what what do you think has probably been one of or some of your proudest moments since you started your refereeing career nearly 12 years ago in the wrestling business tom well yeah i mean obviously you know debuting for wwe was was super special uh that was in coventry actually where we were just was for impact wrestling so you know a little bit of a full circle moment um like i said being in the show for the for the opening of of takeover cardiff was was just an incredible moment um recency bias would say sharing the ring with trent for the for the for the moxley match last week um man there's there's just so there's just so much um you know being lucky enough to to travel internationally to do this whether it be over to ireland to canada to uh spain shout out my guys at literally Ray barcelona you know the phenomenal uh, I've been lucky enough to go to Germany a few times, um, obviously out in the Middle East. Um, well, what else? Uh, in so Ireland, much. especially. Yeah, the, the National Stadium shows are just uh, just so incredible. I implore any British wrestling fan, get yourself to Dublin to an OTT stadium show because, you know, for my money, it's at the moment the, one of the best and biggest shows. Certainly uh, part of my Europe. bucket list, for sure. Gotta absolutely, happen. absolutely gonna happen and um before we ask you for your socials i want to bring up one more picture and i think this is from uh, e100 <laughs> earlier on this year <laughs> i say i never like to embarrass oh, my guests no. but, uh, is that a uh, mini demo there because <laughs> uh, i know that, is, that e100 was a bit of a, a multiverse show wasn't it and uh there you are as your your alter ego yeah Tell us a bit about so look that. The, the, the week before i think the week before was unboxing right because that was like the first week of january and so yes. unboxing would have been just before christmas here and so you know, myself and Damo, we, we, we enjoy a, a, a beverage after shows. Um, and because it was Christmas time, um, his wife, Nikki, was, was there. And so was uh, so was Rhea O'Reilly, who you just saw in the photo. And um, Rhea was, was going to do uh, the three faces of Nikki Storm for, or Nikki Cross, whatever, however you know her, for this yeah. E-Rumble. Uh, <laughs> and so it was proposed, oh, maybe I, I will be your Damo um and you know there's there's a video out there somewhere it's it's, it's not my proudest moment and it's not uh, my best impression um but yeah we, we we had some fun that was that was a funny night the uh the 229 venue has been uh has, i've certainly had some interesting moments there just just before the pandemic started we did 
a no fan show at 229. Um, and I, 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 on request of Will Ospreay, I refereed in some very short shorts. Um, I hope you're not looking for that phone now as well. Nope. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, yeah, this, I've just been so, so blessed to, to work with so many wonderful people and share so many awesome moments and see so many cool places and do so many cool things. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't change it for the world. You know, it's it, like I say to a lot of people in the locker room, hey, this business is a roller coaster. Would you rather be on the ride or in the queue? Because the queue is yeah. pretty bloody long. Absolutely. And you mentioned earlier about uh, how you got into refing, how you got into to referee. And um, if anybody out there might be interested in becoming a referee, because I think, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people love pro wrestling, but don't really see themselves actually, you know, taking all the bumps and all the moves in the ring, but think refereeing is a good alternative. How can they go about it? Do you do classes or are you aware of uh, promotions or training schools that do classes? Yeah, so I so I know there's there's various people up and down the country who who are doing training schools. I know Thomas Cairns in Scotland has a has a training program for referees. Um, I do seminars every so often. I'm actually in talks to do one, uh, maybe in Wales, maybe in the West Midlands coming up, maybe towards the end of this year or early next year. Um, if you're if you're wanting to get into it, I'd say find a local training school, learn the fundamentals of refereeing because so much of what you know refereeing is is just is just fine tuning and making those small little differences between you know turning yourself into just a referee into a good referee and then into a great referee you know what i mean yeah, yeah um, so yeah so I, i'm always you know if, if any referees want to send me stuff i you know I, I take a little while to uh to watch it and reply but I'll, I'll get back to you i can send you some feedback um you know mattia who's who's an italian referee i've been working with for a while he regularly comes and and ring crews at progress and you know i was i was very lucky to give him his progress debut at the at the long halloween show uh last week um you know so and like so like i said and and a lot of it is is being in the right place at the right time and not being a piece of shit (laughs) yeah and i know uh james greenwood does a lot of uh really cool stuff a lot of training in the northwest so up near liverpool so if you're in that neck of the woods um but uh yeah like i say there are uh, training schools and refereeing classes out there uh just a quick reminder before we ask tom for his socials uh, and he's been a tremendous guest on episode 330 uh session moth martina i can't believe that session moth is going to be on the show going to be my very next guest next thursday so go and check that one out and uh, that is going to be so fun. oh that is it's going to be phenomenal and there might be special guests as well there might be special guests dropping in uh, throughout the course (laughs) of some of these so that's gonna be really really good fun but session moth lana austin kira chimera nico angelo uh, Leon Cage, Dirty Dango will be joining me at the end of the month. And, of course, World of Sport legend Johnny Saint, of course, and uh, Lana Austin. Uh, this one, you can already book your place, uh, set your reminder for this one. This one's going to be the 27th of November. Uh, absolutely phenomenal lineup for uh, November. And I've already got my December lineup secured, and there's some top names in that as well. So if you're not already subscribed to Wrestling with Jonas, do yourself a favour, uh, because the best, uh, let's say, in independent wrestling interviews are happening right here but uh, tom for any of my listeners or viewers that want to reach out to you say hi uh watch some of your footage check some of your photos out um and like i say just enjoy your socials where can they do so my friend yeah so uh you can just see there on, ooh, on there on twitter is uh at scarborough ref um on instagram I'm just at tom scarborough um, a lot of my posting is is uh delicious beers that i found or non-league football grounds and some wrestling as well um you can see my stuff on the wwe network in the archive section i guess um and uh you know coming up soon on on impact wrestling 
uh, wherever you get your impact wrestling from. I think is it in uh, maybe on the zone we show it here in the UK. Um, I think. Um, yeah, Not sure. you know Not where, sure. you know where to find me. I've, I've got doing loads <laughs> coming up. We've got progress. We've got progress coming up this this month. Demand um, progress two progress plus. shows, in fact. Two mm. progress shows coming up. Manchester, Manchester and then back and then in the ballroom for Vendetta, which is going to be a huge show. Um, you know that that main event between between Lycos and and, and Spike Gervais. You know the the title versus mask match. Who knows? Who knows? You know that's. Uh, I can't call that because certainly Spike has Spike's been able to hold onto that belt for a very very long time and seen off several challenges, but. You know, this this is so much more personal now for for Lycos. You know that that mark is is a big part of his identity, um, and a big part of you know his his life. So I you know I can't call which way that one's going to go. Um, Absolutely. We've also got Hustle is 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 on a Tuesday night in November. I think I want to say maybe the nineteenth. Let me double check that. No, the twenty first. Tuesday the twenty first is is Hustle in Hackneywick. Yeah, um, I would say the, the Colour Factory is a great venue. So get yourself uh, down there. Amazing. Um, so IWN. Yeah, IWN is in Hastings on Friday the twenty fourth of November. Um, you know that's that's a promotion that's just restarted from the from the ashes of Fight Nation, which which yeah. ran wonderful shows back in the day. You know, guys like Kip Saban kind of you know really made a name for themselves there, and he's now you know on the other side of the world doing wonderful things. Yeah. Um, and then we're into December. You know, it's uh it's uh Riot Cab is on the nineteenth, which will be a, a great Christmas night out if if uh, if if that's what you're looking for in in South London. We've got Mr. Blubby wrestling in the tag team match. Um, <laughs> obviously unboxing. Obviously unboxing as well. There we go. There we go. It's gonna be a busy November and December for Tom Scarborough. But uh, Tom, it's been awesome having you on. Uh, my my first interview in the month of November. A very special month for me. Celebratory five years of wrestling with honors. And like I say, this uh, interview's uh, long overdue. We finally made it happen. But uh, Tom Scarborough, you've been an awesome guest, and I just want to thank you so much. Thank you for having me, mate, and, and congratulations on five years. Hopefully you can do this again before the 10-year anniversary. <laughs> Absolutely. It's going to happen. But uh, Tom Scarborough, thank you very much. Cheers, buddy.